What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. From Aspen, Colorado, for our Bloomberg television and radio audiences worldwide, I'm David Weston. I'm delighted to be joined right now by the federal, the, the president of the Chicago Fed. He is Austin Goolsby. Austin, thanks for being here. You bet. So we're out here for the Aspen Economic Strategy Group meetings. A lot of talk about uh, fiscal issues, monetary issues, but we all have now the the key job figures. A little bit lighter than expected, 187,000 instead of 200,000. A little heavier than expected on the wages. What did you take on? It was pretty much what we expected. I mean, the, let's remember, the jobs number is whatever it is, plus or minus 120,000 a month. So we, there's no point quibbling over, over numbers. The job market is cooling a little to, to kind of a balanced level, but it's still extremely strong. That's the strongest part of the economy by far is how low the unemployment rate is, and people can get a job if they if they want a job. And to that point of being tight, 187,000, plus or minus, is still way more than you need just to catch up, to keep even with the new people coming to the workforce. So it is tightening in that sense, is it not? I, I think that's right. You know, let's say 100,000 yeah. uh, just from population and what's coming into the workforce. So it's stronger than that. It's been the surprise of the year, of the six months, that all of the people that that folks thought were gone from the labor force never to return a lot of them are coming back you know when it's when the job market is as strong as that you've seen labor force participation rise back to levels that we hadn't seen for for several years at least so that's been great. I mean, that, that's the strongest part of the economy. Yeah, n none of us wants anybody to be out of a job, so it's a good thing. Yeah. It's done this many people have jobs. But what about the wages? We're now, the, these numbers were 4.4% year over year, I believe it was. Uh, that doesn't sound like something consistent with getting to 2% inflation overall. I, uh, the, the way I view it is uh, two things. One, you can't say anything about wages until you actually know what's happening with productivity. We got some productivity numbers. They were, they were strong for the quarter. That's very noisy. But if you have strong productivity growth, you can have wage growth and it doesn't generate inflation. And the other thing about wages is they're not a leading indicator of price inflation. They're backward looking. They move, wages move more slowly. When things happen, we get shocks. The prices move first and then the wages. So when we see what's happening to wages today, this is kind of an amalgam of a bunch of stuff that, that already occurred. I think if you want to know if you're beating inflation, go watch the inflation. You know, the, the price series and especially the new months of inflation in, in, in the core, that's really what you want to be watching. What are those numbers telling you right now? Particularly goods inflation, is it a bit stickier than you thought? It has been, but the last couple of readings have been pretty positive. Uh, it's important that you raise this goods. Loosely, if you look at core inflation, you got goods, you got housing, you got services, not including housing. And we've much remarked on the stickiness and persistence of services inflation. But we knew that. that, that that's, not, that's not where we went wrong 
over at the end of last year, beginning of this year, with inflation lasting a little longer than we thought. It has been that goods prices, while down, have not gone all the way down to where they were before the pandemic. I feel like that's kind of started, and that's put the Fed on this line. I mean, it's a thin line to walk, but getting the prices down without having a big recession, we're going to Johnny Cash this thing <laughs> and, and walk that line. And that's for sure the goal. Uh, and goods prices got to come down. And then the next one's got to be housing. As you know, it's the, the housing that's in the CPI is based on a bunch of market rents and it takes a while to flow through. So hopefully as we go into the fall, that's that's going to be the next one. So also let's stick with the Johnny Cash. Yeah. Walking that line. Yeah. Okay. How long is the line? And we know that the target is 2%. Yeah, it doesn't right. feel like you're going to come off that 2% goal. But how long till you get there? How patient can you be? We, we got to be somewhat patient. You know, take as just a microcosm example this thing with housing. We've seen the market rents coming down. But it takes a while for that to flow through into the, let's call it the average housing prices that are in the CPI. And you just got to be patient. I know everybody wants to say, ah, fine, Bob, we're done. That's, that's not how it works. If you walk the golden path and, and, and you walk that line, it's, it's going to take a while. And the, rather than arguing about the peak rate of how many more rate increases do there need to be, what we should probably start thinking about is that, well, how long does this last that you're going to be at, at these elevated rates? It's been a 500-plus basis point increase over a relatively short period. If you hold at five and a quarter, five and a half, five and whatever, while inflation goes down, that is a restrictive environment. Yeah. Holding is is increasing restrictiveness in in that sense. Austin, let me ask you one other question that came up this week, which is the Fitch rating uh, on the U.S. sovereign debt that took out. surprised a lot of people, I think. Uh, is it important? And I'm I'm not saying was the rating important in of itself, but is what they're pointing toward important? In a vague sense, yes, but everybody knows that. I mean, we went through the debt ceiling every day. We're talking about this This is dysfunctional. We've we got to get out of this dynamic. I was around in Washington the last time we went through this downgrade thing. There's a couple of things I don't understand about it. Ultimately, I don't think it's going to make that much difference. This isn't like a some obscure stock or bond that nobody knows, and it's, ah, the rating agency went and looked at it so you don't have to. I mean, this is, U.S. Treasury is <laughs> the most observed market with, with the most information in the entire world. So uh, I don't know what their motivation was. I'm not going to guess at that. But I, I guess I don't see how something else is going to be rated triple A if they were defaulting on U.S. Treasuries, it seems like that would be a bad day for the market. But also, let me ask you a different question. We've heard various Fed presidents, uh, Jay Powell, but also Janet Yellen, you know, talk about the fiscal sustainability of the path the United States is on and expressing some concern over the long term that it's not sustainable. If that's right, what are the consequences of that? And what, if anything, can be done about it? That's a whole separate topic from the, you know, what should the ratings of treasuries be for right now? But Fitch invoked that, right, in, the, in their, yes, in their but, announcement. But that, then the proper question is, did something happen in the last yeah. two weeks yeah. that made you think yeah. that was different? Um, 
as you know, the Fed doesn't weigh in on fiscal policy. Congress and the administrations, they, they have to sort that out. I th my read of the evidence is exactly what you say, that the long run, there's a fiscal gap in the United States. That long run gap, smaller in the United States than in most of the advanced, if not all of the advanced economies of the world, because our demographics are better. It's rooted in the aging of the population and Social Security and Medicare and, and things like that. And the U.S. has got some choices that it has to make but gets to make in a way that some other countries don't get to make them. They already have income tax rates higher than our rates. They already have 20, 25 percent VATs. They have worse demographics. Their spending levels are already higher to start with. Those fiscal questions will... They will be with us for decades because the baby boomers are going to re all retire, uh, I think, you know, over the, over the next couple of decades. That's different from the, what we're trying to do with the Fed. You know, our, our job is we accept the economy as it is. We go watch the data and we maximize employment and stabilize prices. That's what we're going to do. One other development this week, uh, a lot of people took note of, is Bank of America changed their call on recession. They had been predicting a recession in the fourth quarter this year or the first of next. And that sort of trails what we heard actually from the Fed chair last week that the Fed staff now has taken in recession as I understand off the table. We're going to walk that line. Yeah. That's what well, I'm telling so you. The that golden where, path. That's that where, what we got to stay on. And is that where you are? You know, I, I, I don't know if it's just what I want or if that's where I am, but I, I feel like we've been getting promising numbers on inflation. The new months of inflation in, in core inflation, especially goods and especially housing over the next several months, that's what let's keep an eye on. That will tell us, are we on this golden path or not? If, if we are able to pull this off, that will be a triumph. There are many smart people, and you've talked to them, on the air who say it's impossible. The Fed, gets, the Fed has never been able to reduce inflation as much as we're reducing, and we, and we need to now, without generating a big increase in the unemployment right. rate and a big recession. And while that has historically been true, this was a weird business cycle. It can be a weird recovery, and, and I am hopeful that we can pull it off. And so far, we've been doing it. You know, if you look back a year, the unemployment rate is not up. And inflation has come way down. Well, in fact, it came down a little bit, I think, this month, if anything. It came yeah, down a right. Time, right? From what was expected. But, but I, I want to be absolutely clear on this. You think that we can get inflation under control with unemployment rate in the mid-threes? I don't know if it's exactly the mid-threes. What my goal, and I think that we can pull off, and it's what we should try, is to stay on a path where you get inflation down and you don't have a major recession. And there are a lot of people who, if you have in your mind this stable relationship trade-off between unemployment and inflation, that's, that, the golden path is impossible. But if you believe that, the data have just not mm -hmm. been backing that up. We've gotten inflation down a fair amount mm -hmm. without increasing the unemployment rate. And the job market does need to get into balance. We have been in spots where it's been out of balance right. so hot that it's right. that it's it's not stable right. but we're we're right. doing that over these past couple of months you see the quit right. rate you see the vacancy rate 
yeah. relative to how many unemployed there are, yeah. and you see the jobs numbers pulling more into balance. Walk that line. Walk Johnny that Gay. line. <laughs> there you That's go. what it is. Okay. Austin Goolsby, thank you so much. He is the president, of course, of the Chicago Fed. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.